really thrilled to be sharing this with you and I trust you get value from this. Please share on our discussion group what this means to you, how you relate to it, what's challenging for you, uh, what it brings up for you, what you're excited about within it, uh, what's new for you, whatever you want to share. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be beautifully said. Just make sure you keep the discussion going. We can't heal alone. Shame loves shadows. We've got to do this with people who are mirroring back kindness, compassion, acceptance, and a willingness to point out and help us with our awareness. We're going to look at becoming conscious in how we live. And to become conscious in how we live, we have to become aware, which we did in level one. To become aware, it can't just be, I'll be aware in my own time, in my own way. Nobody help me. Nobody say anything. If anybody says anything, it's criticism. If I don't like your tone or I don't like the way you said it, it's because you don't like me. We, we need to allow in the flow of awareness from places around us that aren't just us. And it could be the books we read, which are really inanimate and safe and, and conceptualized and don't really challenge us personally. But ideally, we're going to get that awareness from people around us because that's how we learn to relate, to communicate and to connect. It's how we start learning about reciprocity. We can't just learn, inverted commas, in our heads and think we've got it. We've got it. We are living consciously when there is a flow between people, between thoughts, between ideas, where we give up an idea because it clearly can be upgraded, where we feel great when someone helps us out, where we let someone in and reveal our vulnerability. That is the flow of conscious living. It is not, Sharon, give me the facts. I'm going to do this secretly. Um, I'm not going to reveal anything or post anything because then I might get judged. And if I get judged, I'll feel really angry. Then I'll blame the group or I'll get upset and I'll go away and I feel I'm not liked. That always happens to me. Stop. And I'm not saying this is you, but I know it will be a few people. So I'm trying to include everybody here. Whatever you feel is going on in your past, you're here to change it. And you can't change it doing what you did in the past, which was to hide even more, become more invisible or get cranky when people don't agree with you. That's, that's what we've got to change. Conscious living is absolutely awareness through connection with others and learning from that. We're looking in this level of the power of intent. Who we are, we attract. It's so important. Uh, we have two paths we can follow. One is automatic, where we react as we always have. We repeat the same problems over and over. We think what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them or if only they or if I wish I could. But we're not ever getting off that track. It's like a train that's just set to automatic and is going to run the entire route no matter what. We must derail that train. We've got to change the pattern. So the other path is through conscious living, which is to live grounded in and centered around our inner world. You're going to start hearing that term inner world a lot more as this program unfolds. So most of us are raised to attend to what's called out there, the outer world. So we're, we're taught to respond to the needs of the magical big people. Let me walk you through this. Most of us are raised, even with normal parenting, just regular parenting. So if you're a parent right now, you're inverted commas, normal parenting, the patterns you were taught are archaic and probably from about 200, 300 years ago. And we need, an up, we need to upgrade. We need an overhaul. So most parenting 
does this and it teaches us to become what's called automatic livers where we're just going through the motions of life and don't know how to get off the train or we are the train we don't know how to get off the tracks so what do I mean by this and again we're going to unpack this at deeper levels as we unpack the levels because it's so important to our understanding let me have a go at articulating it if we are raised if we just we're children and we are denied our voice, our perception, we're shut down, um, our boundaries aren't respected, our needs aren't attended to, our thoughts are dismissed. Um, if I say dismissed or rejected, imagine I also say abandoned, suppressed, denied, rejected, judged, mocked, shamed. It's all of it. It's just it's a lot of adjectives to use or adverbs to use all the time. So if any of that's rejected, any of it, if our emotions are denied, if our experience is denied, so there's no monsters on the bed, don't be ridiculous, go to bed or I'll, I'll give you something to cry about. Any of that stuff causes us, it's called what I call crazy making stuff. So the child feels bad about something or feels whatever they feel or thinks whatever they think or perceives whatever they perceive, they express it and it's any version of rejection or abandonment or judgment, whatever. And you understand why whatever is not being flippant of it. It's just there's a lot of ways to describe that experience. That is internalized by the child as there's something wrong with me. It can't be them, the magical big people, because they're magical. So it must be me. And if it must be me, that means there's something wrong with me. That the way I see the world, think about the world, feel about the world, perceive the world, or express myself is wrong. It's not my thought is faulty, so I'll change my thought. A child absolutizes and takes them on board as, I am the fault. I am the flaw. And that becomes internalized as, I didn't do a shameful thing, I am shameful. Which is why pretty well everybody grows up with very, very shattered self-esteem, instead grows up with shame and the secret of that shame. Because those thoughts, perceptions, feelings, sharings are in any way shamed, we learn to shut that down. Or we might go the other way and express it even more and say, if you, magical big parent, you can't stop me, and we go to the polar opposite. Either way is a reaction to the magical big people's way they have denied an aspect of us. So I trust you're getting it so far. In doing that, we're having to put the needs of the magical big people first. Whichever way we go, which is rejection or re rebellion or acceptance, we've had to put their needs first to decide on our position. And in doing that, we learn to put the outside world first ahead of ourselves in every single moment. And after a while, that conditioning becomes very automatic. Just It's conditioning. So remember, we looked at the two levels of truth, and the bottom level had tribal cycle conditioning and their needs. Well, here it is. Part of that conditioning is we learn to be very, very attentive to the world around us because it's going to give us the clues as to whether or not we're about to get shamed again. And we don't want to get shamed again. It's too painful. So we're going to do something to ensure that we don't feel that pain. And that becomes how a lot of our personality is formed. It becomes the role we play. It becomes whether or not we're overachievers, perfection controllers, or the other extreme rebels, scapegoats, and black sheep beyond criticism because we act like it doesn't matter. Either 
polar opposite is an expression or a reaction to having to attend to what's around us to avoid the shame. We grow up, we're an adult, and now we're very good at attending to what's around us, <laughs> which is why we procrastinate and self-sabotage. Well, I don't know why I keep procrastinating. Well, now you do, because if you act it, if you act on that thing, you may get it wrong. And when you got it wrong in the past, you know what happened. And, or you might make a mistake. Well, you know what happens when you make mistakes. And because we haven't learned yet that as adults, we are free to make new decisions, we're going to get there. We're making great progress right now. We keep acting like that five-year-old child or that seven-year-old child who's being shamed, even though it's not even happening. The stimulus isn't even there anymore. You know, the parent may be gone or dead or out of our lives, and we're still acting like someone's going to shame or mock us. Isn't that interesting? And we become hypersensitive to it, and it becomes what dictates our lives. So whatever goal we have, the extent to which we've been shamed and have internalized that shame to mean I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I can't handle it, we play a smaller and smaller and smaller and more limited game in life because we're so good at attending to everything out there. Now, the consequences of that, wow, we, if that wasn't already enough, we now have forgotten we have an inner world. And conscious living is restoring that inner world because as long as we attend to the outer world, as long as we keep doing that, we can't feel fulfilled. We can't feel there's meaning in our life. We can't feel grace. We can't feel a sense of wonder about who we are and how we connect. We can't feel true vulnerability, intimacy, and compassion. This is denied to us as long as we're on guard. And so what we've got to do is move, um, learn how to, still we can focus on the outer world. We're not going to suddenly become completely indifferent sociopaths to how other people feel. We're not suggesting that. We are, though, going to start developing our inner world. So we're going to balance the bicep with the tricep. We're going to develop the muscle within us. That inner world that has been shut down, suppressed, denied, hidden. You may have even forgotten you have it. Most people have no idea. And we're going to keep developing that inner world in many different ways, many different ways, wonderful ways. And that is the journey ahead. The journey is to conscious living, where our sense of ourselves is restored, is intact, and we can trust it. And as soon as we have that, as soon as that happens, we can handle whatever happens. And the moment we know what we can handle whatever happens, we will take risks. And by risks, we will reach out to love. We will reach out on a new adventure. We will have a go at connecting with someone in a way we haven't before. We will reach for the stars with an epic adventure we want to take. We will change our priorities financially. We will communicate and feel differently in situations where in the past we would have shut down, run away, or acted like it didn't matter. Everything around us in the outer world shifts and changes perspective when we build our inner world. So the saying is, we don't see the world the way it is, we see it the way we are. That's from Carl Jung. This is, and I mentioned in level one, this is taking that to another level. Who we are has been denied for so long that we see the world as scary. The moment we restore our inner world, we, we, see, we see the world differently. So that's what we're here to do. Because our thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and independence was questioned as we were raised, or it could have been belittled or punished or dismissed or mocked or judged 
or shamed. We stopped trusting, relying on, noticing, tuning into, or even developing our inner world. So I know there are people, many people in the world, who have the inner world of a five-year-old or a four-year-old, and it's ceased development at the age of four or younger because it was never nurtured, encouraged, or developed, and that there are specific primers that must occur from the magical big people for the inner world to continue. So if we stall in independence, say, at the age of four, so we're starting to want to be independent at two or so, and the next stage is four, if that's stalled, independence leads to risk-taking, which leads to learning we can make mistakes and be okay, which leads to we can learn from our mistakes, which leads to we're learning and becoming progressively greater at what it is we're doing and how we feel we can handle it. That is how you develop a conscious living human being. But if that's stalled, if that independence is suppressed, discouraged, judged or whatever, we don't ever get to know that we can trust ourselves to handle what's going to happen. So there it is. Just hopefully that's really clear for you and empowering to know. As I said before, most people have denied, ignored, suppressed, learned not to tune into the inner world. They get to adulthood and it's like, well, it's never worked for me before. It's never been encouraged. Nobody's ever sat down when I was a child and said, tell me how you feel about that and then unpack that in any level of detail. Um, generally, children are not encouraged to express fully, articulate, be fully heard on, on what's going on for them. And that's normal parenting. It's not even abusive parenting, just regular parenting that's not encouraged. So it's a little wonder when we get to adulthood, this is a mystery. It makes perfect sense. And so what happens is, for many adults, it seems like it's not even there. It doesn't even exist. It does. It really does. But you're not going to take my word for it. Go through the levels and you'll get more in tune with, develop, install and restore what was lost. Because it is there. You just, we're so out of practice in tuning into it. And this is not about intuition. It's not about meditation. And I'm not, I'm not knocking any of it. It is none of that. It is firstly, cognitively learning where to look and what to look for. Step two, to heal we must feel. It's learning how to feel that truth. And number three, step three, it's learning how to communicate that truth in a way that is heard and reciprocated. That is the path that we need to take. So for too many adults, it feels like there's nothing to rely on. There's nothing in there they can draw on which is why they are people-pleasing, controlling, over-anxious, depressed, withdrawing, avoiding playing great games in whatever endeavor it is, career, relationships, whatever. It just seems the wind goes out of the sails, and I understand it. So instead, you know, people are staying fixated on their outer world, and what people think becomes their major concern or what the world may think, or what the world says about it. Um, we get worried about who must we impress, who must we placate, who have we got to please to get through the day. And we have so many relationships we go into based on these patterns. And that's the tragedy. I'm seeing the posts right now on our discussion. You may have seen them too. People saying, you know, I'm with my ex-husband. I made the choice nine years ago. I'd never make that choice now. Well, no, because of the growth. But at the time... People pleasing, placating, impressing, 
being there for someone else, sacrificing self, being invisible, it's all we knew. And we get into a relationship or even a marriage and have children based on that. And then we wake up, we become more conscious and we say to ourselves, you know what? I don't want to just bury myself in everybody else. I want to learn who I am. And nobody that we attracted in our lives back then likes the change because they like it that they've got a slave who's on tap and who's living unconsciously and just does what they're told and feeds them, clothes them, irons them, washes them, tidies them. And they love it. They just love that that's all in place. They love they don't have to be challenged. They didn't go into a relationship to be challenged. Same way we might have gone into a, you may have gone into a relationship because you just thought if I sacrifice myself completely, then they'll finally love me. They've gone into a relationship saying if they sacrifice themselves completely, then I feel loved. And now you're wanting to have your own life. They don't feel loved. So it's a rocky road to the truth. It's, it can be a tough road to conscious living because it is the truth that some people may not stay in our lives. That is the truth. And we must consciously, every single day, every single minute, decide, do I want to take that next step consciously, knowing that someone who I trapped into my life 20 years ago, who's pretty self-involved, self-centered, is not liking the fact that I am learning to have a voice that can express my needs, that I no longer placate, that I no longer please, that I no longer act like I'm at the beck of call, and they don't like it. Now, the great news is, as we develop and restore more of our inner world, our need to placate, impress, and please diminishes. So what we're fearful of today won't be the same down the track. Because as we install more of us, our need to placate, and our need to people please, and our need to control, and our need to keep the status quo fades, we become more adaptable. We become more of ourselves. And that compassion for self becomes a strength. So what we fear today, which is climbing a mountain, by the time we get to the mountain, we've already climbed the mountain in doing this process. And so when someone says from our past, you've changed, I don't like it, I prefer it where you were, I don't like you growing and doing all these courses, I think you should quit and stay at home, I'm not going to pay for them anymore, your response today would be, oh my God, that's terrible, I'm really sad, I'm a victim, this should never have happened to me, this isn't fair, but it's happening. But you take the journey, it becomes, you know what, I'm going to pay for it myself. I didn't come here to ask for permission. I came here for support. But with or without it, I'm taking the journey to me. And that happens as you restore your inner world. That's what happens as you restore. What looks scary today? By the time you get there and people around you are going, what are you doing? I don't like this. You're going, it's okay. I got this. I can handle it. I'm still here. I'm just seeking love now and not attachment. I'm seeking love and not addiction. I'm seeking love and not codependence. And it's going to change our relationship into something incredible and wonderful and worthy and reciprocal. And that's a wonderful place to get to. Now, I, I just went a little bit off track because that was a bit of a rant about where we're heading. So I just need to get back on track about Okay, so when we're in automatic, um, we're more, more worried about what people think. And the more we do this, the more we think that's reality. As I was saying, we think the mountain is huge in front of us. We think that's reality until we are equipped to climb the mountain. And then we realize it's not reality. And that's, that's the place to get to. Conscious living is when we learn how to turn our attention within us to our inner world, where we can begin the journey to our I amness. 
we can begin to build our inner world. It, may, it does require conscious decision. It's those, what we did in level one was very much pause, become aware. What are you noticing? We've got to add a step. Pause, become aware. What are you noticing? Now, how can you choose differently based on some qualities that we're going to be sharing within you? This is us moving from being free from acting like we, we're living to actually really living. Conscious living is getting out of our heads of life and into the reality of life, like the rolling up your sleeves, I'm having a life, not acting my way through it, hoping I don't get in too much trouble. It's free from the fear of making mistakes. So we become bigger risk takers and we have more adventures. We have more fun. We have more intimacy. We have more compassion. We have more vulnerability. We have more sharing moments. That's the point. And conscious living is getting to that place where you know you can handle it because you trust you. And again, the pathway to trusting you is by installing and restoring your inner world. That's the work that none of us are taught and so important. Conscious living is getting to a place where we can give and receive love, care and respect. It's like I shared when we talked about in the overview, the importance of don't just post on our discussion group post for someone in support of someone posting on our discussion group. Reciprocity is the pathway to healing. Reciprocity is the pathway to reclaiming our amnesty. The child wants it all their way and wants to be given love, given care, given respect, and it should be that way. It's not a child being selfish, or it is a child being selfish, but developmentally appropriate. In adults, it's not appropriate, but we've got to unlearn. See, in childhood, we didn't receive the love, care, and respect that we wanted to the way we wanted it. We didn't recognize it as love, care, and respect all the time or consistently. And so that's why we're here. That's why we're in this program. Now as adults, we're wanting the love, care, and respect that we recognize that we want. But if we're not willing to give it, we're not going to ever experience healing because the child, it's all one way. You just give to the seven-year-old. Of course you do. They're completely dependent on you for everything. They're incapable of turning around and saying, and I love you too, and having it be meaningful as much as a seven-year-old can. They're not here to respect. They're barely aware of anybody else's feelings, let alone respecting them and caring about them. And I know there are some exceptions, but as a generalization, but as adults, as adults, to know love, care, and respect is to know how to give it, not just how to receive it. Conscious living is to become unimmeshed. And that we talked about that in level one is getting to that place where we are independent of everyone in our tribe. That doesn't mean to say we've left them and don't speak to them anymore. I keep saying that because I am concerned that someone's going to hear this and hear it as an absolutist and go, that's it. I'm wiping the life out of my life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when we have healthy boundaries, we recognize that we are separate to and not the same as those around us. Very healthy place to get to. So I want to read you something that comes from Ultimate You, the book. I took it from there. I think it's a little adapted, but this is where we're heading. In conscious living, dear future me, this is who I'm becoming. I don't have all the answers, but I do have a clear intent. I have a sense of my I amness. My I amness is me, knowing I am worthy, I am lovable, and I am enough. The I amness that frees me to receive and give respect, care, and love. I feel a sense of fulfillment simply for being me. I have a deep inner world I can draw on. I am enough. 
I have a mission beyond protecting myself from hurt. I have a mission beyond protection from pain. I will seek to cultivate moments that are filled with curiosity, wonder, taking risks because I love to learn, naturally spontaneous moments, love, warmth, playfulness, uniqueness, optimism, and resilience. I don't know how to do all of this yet, but I can learn. I can observe, I can ask myself, is this a moment for love? Is this a moment for laughter? Can I lighten up right now? Can I bring spontaneity to this moment? I can do that. A good day isn't when things go my way. It's when I grow and it's when I give. I feel a sense of deep gratitude for who I am and what I experience. So I just wanted to share that with you. It's um, the idea of conscious living and what it means to live consciously. So now we're going to get into the five gifts of conscious living. So conscious living isn't positive thinking or the denial of what you feel. It's ensuring that what you feel is based on the event that's happening right now and not because of how your neurology is conditioned to respond. It's getting unenmeshed from your tribal cycles so you have fresh experiences, not just the same experience over and over and over and over again because the event is not the cause of how you feel today. Your conditioning is the cause of how you feel. So conscious living means that the challenges and the setbacks change as you progress and grow. It's about developing neurology within us so we're able to tap into our I amness naturally and you don't have to deal with the setback and all the toxicity that comes with it. You're just dealing with a new setback. It's about facing a challenge, not the challenges and the toxic shame. It's about having the ability to handle life's challenges and know that we're enough to be able to handle it. That's what this is about. So I'm going to introduce you now to the five gifts. So gift number one, I am the source of my own healing. Too many people are waiting for someone to rescue them, to make it easier for them, to need the perfect thing to be said. Um, it's one of the things I'm aware of in the discussion. We're not all going to get it right all the time, but it's not that we don't like the person or we're trying to shame them. It's just we are not communicating exactly as that person is imagining it should happen. And in that case, that person is not taking responsibility for their healing. They're putting responsibility outside of themselves. We've got to know better. We have to know that we are alone. We alone are our source of healing. Our past doesn't heal. It doesn't change. We heal. How we relate to it, how we use it, how we shape it, how we make sense of it, that's within our grasp. No one from your past can do anything now to help you heal except for you. And that is so wonderful. You don't need someone to say sorry. You don't need anybody in the group or anyone you're sharing this with to behave a certain way. Nobody has to change. Nothing has to be perfect. Nothing needs to be said. Nothing needs to happen exactly as you envision it or mind read it because it's all within you. Conscious living gift number one, you're the source of your own healing you choose to live committed absolutely to your I amness. Not to your past, not to the patterns, not to the defenses, not to being a victim, but to your healing and to your I amness. Choose in each moment to shape your experience, all of it through the truth of compassion, of patience, of willingness to learn. That is the first gift that you have. The second gift. 
Compassion is the source of your strength. I love this. This is fabulous. So too many people are waiting for life to be easier. We have to know better. Life doesn't get easier. It is what it is. Everybody has stuff happening. People we love will get hurt. People will get sick. There will be setbacks always. This is not about learning how to never have a setback. This is not about discovering the secret to how never have a bad thing happen. All of the bad stuff is inevitable. The only way we go through life with grace, the only way is to know we can handle it. Now, we're strong, but the source of our strength isn't toughness or protecting ourselves or blocking people out or keeping the walls up or keeping our boundaries tough or being perfectionist. It's not because we're hard or rigid or unyielding. It's because we're filled instead with compassion, compassion towards ourselves. We can make a mistake and our first thought is a kind thought of support. Someone else makes a mistake and our first thought is how can we support them and be beside them? Someone does a post on a discussion group that we don't like. Our first thought is compassion. Hmm, I wonder if they know that the way they're communicating seems a little hard. I, I'm here for them when they're ready. Compassion is towards ourselves. It's a feeling towards others. It's a gentle love towards those around us because we know now that everybody is within a tribal cycle or navigating their way free of it. And everybody is on this journey, whether we're aware of it or not. And we get to, because the compassion being the source of our strength, to see ourselves and see others through the lens of kindness, of compassion, of tolerance, because we know what this journey takes. You know that you're going to have a setback and you'll have an opportunity to learn. Or you can beat yourself up. You know that when something goes wrong, you're going to need to be flexible. Or you can get rigid with fear and shut down. You know that when something doesn't go your way, then you can handle it because you're enough. That's the choice that you have in every single moment because the source of your strength is compassion. Gift number three, our inner world is what guides us. I love this. We now know that most people are conditioned to attend to, to react to, to respond to what's going on around us. We're nearly all of us stuck in this perpetual cycle of pleasing, of complying, of rejecting, of rebelling, just running the conditioned responses. Both paths to, keep, to be uh, fitting in or rejecting it are just a reaction to the world around us. It's not a response to our inner world. It's not a manifestation of our truth at all. For this to be occurring, the inner world has to be devoid of life because for someone to be constantly cut, stuck in this tribal cycle They've been so well trained to look outside of themselves for the clues of how to be, they've forgotten how to look inside and that's exhausting. You now know there is no path to happiness or fulfillment or to love if you react automatically to the world around you. You now know the path to your I amness where you know you are worthy, lovable and enough is tenderly and only held within you. You might not have discovered it yet, might not know where it is yet, but that is the truth. It springs from how you cherish your boundaries. It springs from how you cherish the boundaries of others. It grows from your willingness to honor your inner and outer world needs and how to do the same for others. It grows from your capacity to feel what you feel without self-consciousness. 
and how you tenderly nurture the emotional world of those around you. It flourishes when you learn to manage your inner thoughts and self-talk. It's there for you as your own source of happiness, optimism, and hope. It is your guide. Now, it may not be your guide today, but that's where we're heading. Level two is all about meeting your future self. Gift number four. I give that which I seek. There is no happiness to found in wanting. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yet how many people do we know who want more? Want more attention, money, love, validation, belonging, positivity, approval, but don't give it to anybody else. It's so simple. Your future self knows this. Perhaps you know this. That which you want, you give to someone else. You want to feel more hopeful, you give hope to someone who feels hopeless. You want to feel more loved, you give love to someone who feels unlovable. You want to feel more abundant, you give abundant value to someone who appreciates it. You want to feel more calm, you give certainty to someone who's flustered. You want to feel more kindness, you give kindness to someone who is sad. You want to feel more self-worth, you give validation to someone who feels unworthy. And so it goes. That which you seek, you give with joy. Not with the expectation that you'll receive anything from that person. You don't do tip for tap. We don't keep score. You know that isn't how it works. But you do it with a deep and profound knowing that by giving that which you seek to another, you receive the same for yourself. You are the source of your magic. That's gift number four. Gift number five. I feel gratitude in this moment. How many people live, I'll be happy when... I'll feel content when, I'll have made it when, I'll be courageous when, I'll do the brave thing then. How many times have you heard these empty words? How many times have you heard the empty promises of delay? Your future self knows the truth and perhaps you know the truth. You know the gift is not in what we delay but that which we choose to experience right now. You don't know if you create every experience. We don't know that. But we do know that to act as if we did choose this experience is to give us phenomenal empowerment right now. The power to choose right now how we feel. I'll be happy when or I'll be happy right now. I'll be courageous when something happens and someone changes and whatever magic has to happen or I'll be courageous in this moment because I know this is the only moment there is. My future self and who I'm claiming to be for myself right now is grateful for this experience. It may not be what I was planning. It may not be what I wanted. But I will act as if it is the plan and I chose it and I'm grateful for it. I get to practice compassion. I get to practice patience. I get to practice tolerance. I get to practice love. I get to practice my I amness. I am not saying here that anybody asks for their abuse if they're a child. Please don't hear that. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying now as adults, if we can come from a place of choosing, I choose my response. I choose the experience I'm having right now as an adult. That's where the power is. That's where we empower ourselves to be grateful because we know that anyone can feel love, warmth, happiness, optimism, joy, spontaneity, courage, resilience when everything is going their way. 
but to feel it when you're tested, to face a setback, to persist in the face of adversity, to dare to live your dream when others are scared, to do these things when love, warmth, happiness seems to be missing, that's when we know we're showing up, our future selves are loving us because it would be easy to revert to the old conditioning. It would be effortless to fall back into the tribal cycle, to be grateful because we're given opportunities to find our pathway to our truth is truly an expression of self-love. To be grateful that we get to live on our terms, true to our unique selves, true to our I amness, that is empowerment. That is the gift of conscious living. That is who our future self sees us as being. My intent is to live consciously. I trust it's yours. So from this, what I'd love you to do and invite you to do is to consider how are you living? Is it consciously or automatically? Where do you live? Is it automatic, the tribal cycle, the enmeshment, relationship patterns, repeating, repeating, repeating? Or are you free of it, living consciously and knowing you reciprocate love, care and respect? What a wonderful journey to take. I look forward to your discussions. <music>